When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, the abs don't stop winning. Christian, I, what do we say anymore at this point? They just they don't need points. They don't need to win. And they're playing teams that need to win and need points and hilariously just keep beating them when they have absolutely no reason to. My favorite part of the last night's game against the others was I had texted you when they were down one, nothing late in the, or I don't even think they were down yet. I was like, we have to lose eventually. Right. And you just said, do we, <laughs> I was like, that's a really good point. And sure as shit, the abs came back and, and they won that game. And I, I just, I don't know how they keep doing it. Like it, it's, it's absurd at this point. Yeah. I mean, technically we can just keep winning. We don't, really have to lose technically you can just keep winning until the season ends but uh darcy kemper you we can't talk about this game without talking about darcy kemper right now the best goalie in the nhl currently no competition a 980 in this game against the oilers faces 50 shots the one goal that beats him is a deflection that he has no chance on the overtime against the oilers McDavid, quote unquote, draws a penalty on McKinnon because he dropped his stick and Darcy Kemper stops 11 shots and then stops McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins in the shootout. One of the best performances, not just for Darcy Kemper this season, one of the best performances of a goalie period this season. Yeah, he was unreal. I tweeted out and when the game got to overtime saying uh, after that penalty, like, oh, that's game over because that's just the way play like power plays go in overtime. Like they, if the team doesn't score, it's very rare. And Darcy Kemper in that sequence probably played his best two minutes of hockey he's played all year. It was just unreal saves. He made eleven saves in overtime, Griffin. Eleven. 
in overtime in a five minute window. He made 11 saves. Um, he is not going to win the Vesna. He's not going to be a finalist for the Vesna, but I, God I damn it, he should be. I don't know about not being a finalist. He has played so ridiculously well since January. I don't know how you can make a case against him not being top three. I, I don't know how you can make a case against him being second. I mean, I- Igor Shesterkin, outside of like a couple very small rough patches this season, has been consistently the best goalie in the season. And Kemper for like a month and a half was still adjusting. Ever since then, you can't argue that Darcy Kemper has been the best goalie in the league. He statistically has been in just about every single circumstance. It's just, if Darcy Kemper plays like that in the playoffs, the abs don't even need to be that good in the playoffs. If you put Darcy Kemper on like Nashville or St. Louis, I would be terrified of playing them. You're putting him on the abs and a potential, an abs team that's going to get healthier and have something to play for in the playoffs. What the fuck? This is so yeah. stupid. It's really stupid. Um, I The only problem I have with Darcy Kemper is that he's playing so well, he may be drawing himself out of our pay range. Like he is, some team is going to throw the bag at Darcy Kemper this offseason, and I will not blame him if he goes and accepts the same deal like Grubauer accepted to go play for a shitty team. Uh, I wouldn't blame him. If he takes the same deal Grubauer does, he is a sucker. That man is going to get money this offseason. Yeah. And I, I had the whole conversation last season before you were here about I'm not comfortable giving Grubauer long term. I don't know how you don't extend Darcy Kemper. I mean, we're saying this before the playoffs. If Darcy Kemper plays like that in the playoffs and brings you a Stanley Cup, I don't know how you can look your fans in the eyes and be like, yeah, we're letting him go. I agree, but he's played himself now into like he may be getting close to seven million a year. <laughs> like, like I, I don't think that's all great. of it. I don't think that's nuts at all. He deserves all of that. He's and having a, a team, great year. A team like the Devils or the Capitals, even they're gonna pony up for a goalie this offseason. And Darcy Kemper is the best one on the market. So if the Avs are gonna keep him, and we'll we'll save this conversation for when it's necessary, but just to preface it for now. If the abs are going to keep them, they're going to need to pony up for them. And I, I agree. Like, I don't know, like we've talked about this before with goalies. Like I'm not comfortable giving term to goalies. Like, yeah, but I, someone's going to do it for him because they just desperately need a goalie. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, we'll save that for the off season, but Holy shit. Darcy Kemper was fantastic in this game. The, the little sword celebration at the end was fucking awesome. Um, I love that his little charisma and I, I should have sent you the TikTok the abs posted afterwards in his interview. They were like, did you know you tucked that way? He goes, Oh, it was just kind of natural. And he's just smiling the entire time. Like he's just such a likable dude. And I, I agree. Like he is just playing the best hockey of his career to this point. And it's not like he's just lucking into these wins either. Like he's having to work for him um, because Edmonton in this game played as good as they could have dreamt of playing and they still lost. The Oilers gave us everything we could handle in this game. They're completely healthy. McDavid and Dreisaitl were out there. It seemed like every single shift, the Oilers played great. And the abs I thought were fine. They're okay. They're okay. I mean, you're- Like if you look at the circumstances between that game, end of a three game road trip, second half of a back-to-back 
they played as good as you can expect a team to play in those circumstances. Right. And you also, the Oilers were on a nine game home winning streak, a six game winning streak in general, and are locked in a very intense playoff seating race between Calgary, LA and Vegas. They need these points. Yep. They still couldn't do it. And this is an abs team again, playing for nothing, nothing. We are hilariously ahead of everybody in the Western conference. Our only competition is Florida for the president's trophy. And they're Jesus, they're still neck and neck with us, but I don't think anyone in the locker room cares about the president's trophy. If they don't win it, no one's going to shed any tears. So this team's playing for nothing and they don't have Landis They don't have Kadri. They get Bo Byron back against Pittsburgh. They get Sam Gerrard back on this second half of the back-to-back against Edmonton, their defense, finally healthy stands for Ryan Murray. And Edmonton still couldn't do it because Darcy Kemper stole it. And in the playoffs, you're going to need your goalie to do that now and again. Look at Tampa Bay and their their last two runs. How many games did Andre Vasilevsky just steal because Tampa just w- didn't play that well? Probably five or six. Yeah, yeah. Probably five or six just off the top of my head. I, I remember I was game one or two against Carolina last year for them. They had like 13 shots. Yeah, and they and, won. And Caroline had like 40, and they won two to one. That it's, whole Florida series, he was the most important player because Florida outplayed them the entire series. It's just Vasilevsky was significantly better than fucking any goaltender Florida throughout there. Yeah, and in the playoffs, there's going to be a game like today where you're, you're not great. You're just okay. And it is 1-1. It is a deep OT, and Darcy Kemper is just stopping everything in sight that's going to be the difference between you winning a series and losing that's just how it works in the playoffs yeah and i we've talked about this a lot on this show like philip grubauer was fantastic last year i don't think he had a single performance like this that i can remember off the top of my head from last year the defense we put in front of grubauer last year is significantly different than the one we've put in front of Kemper. grubauer faced maybe 20 shots a game Exactly. On a good night. There, like there were nights we were out shooting teams 43 to 18. Yeah. Grubauer performed considering the workload we gave him, but the main argument against him for not just the Vesna, but for his next contract is this guy didn't have to do anything. Yeah. We, no one shot on him because no one would allow any shots to get to the net. With Darcy Kemper, we're letting him face. 40 plus shots a game because we know he can handle it. And that's what he likes. That's how he stays engaged. If there, if there came a time where a team didn't have a shot on goal for 10 minutes, it'd probably be worse for him facing shots. It seems to me just kind of keeps him locked in. Now I will say 50s pushing it that I think you're really pushing it, but let's remember 11 of those came in overtime. But if you, if you can cut that down to like 35, 35, 40. Yeah. I think you're fine. We've talked about it too. Like there's a lot, their opposing teams are getting a lot of shots, but I don't think they're very high danger. This game was the exception. There were a ton of high danger chances for the Oilers, but in recent games, like it's not like there's been a ton of high danger scoring chances against Darcy Kemper. Like there just really hasn't been. Yeah. So it's, it's, he's facing 40 shots, but it's five of them maybe are hard, high danger. So it's just the strategy the abs are implementing. And I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. And you also, you can also directly compare this team in the two days that they played with Pavel Francouz and net and Darcy Kemper. 
I think there's the reason why you see four goals given up by Pavel Francouz and one by Darcy Kemper is because they're still playing like they're playing in front of Kemper in front of Francouz, if that makes any sense. And Francouz doesn't, you probably shouldn't let him face 40 plus shots a game, you know? I agree, but he's, he's been, he was okay. But but that's the thing. He was okay. He was fine. Darcy Kemper's out of this world. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And there's no debate who the number one goaltender is going in. I I'm interested to see like what the plan is with Frankie. Cause he's not been bad. I mean, he's won like, I think like six in a row now, six straight decisions. Um, and he, he continues to be good, but if you go into next year with just Frankie, I don't know how I'm feeling. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, this team is just, they just keep winning, man. Like they, they did not deserve to win this game tonight or last night, particularly, um, I thought there were flashes where they were great. Like the first period, we hit the post three times. Three times, I think. Right. With Clean off the post a couple times. Yeah. Like the, the most notable one was from Byram, who already yeah. who's already looking outstanding in the three games he's been back for. And in a month, he's burying that shot without oh, yeah. question. And he's 20. Next yeah. year, he's burying all of those shots and more. It, having Bo Byram back makes such a difference because you can tell like last year when he started in the NHL little unsure of himself little unsure of like the the little things he needed to do this year it's not a question with him he's all there and the second he gets all that that rust this is a rusty Byram we're seeing right now which is terrifying once he shakes all that off of him terrifying I think he's played like only like 40 combined NHL games like he hasn't even played a full NHL season yet and he's already doing this type of stuff on the ice. So he's he's been he was really good. I would have loved to see him finish that one off the post. He had another great chance. I think it was in the second period. Koskinen made a really good glove save on him. Um, but he's he's really impressed me lately. Kill McCarr, I think, was the most noticeable he's been in a couple of games in this game against Edmonton. Not that Kill McCarr has been bad, but offensively seeing him, he, he was pretty solid last night. He had that great move. I forget who he walked on the blue line in the first period. Some guy went down for a shot and he faked the shot and just walked right by him and rang one off the post. But I mean, that's, that's what you come to expect with Kale McCarr. Uh, Devon Taves was really good. I mean, Devon Taves was excellent against yeah. Connor McDavid. Shut him he down multiple times. Yeah, he was great. And Sam Gerard, who we mentioned a little bit earlier, he made played his first game in a month. I think is what it was. I think like, yeah, a little yeah. under just about a month. Yeah. Yeah. And holy shit, could you tell the difference in his play? He, he so was actually – he was able to skate. He was able to be a little bit more physical. I, I don't recall one time that he was out there and I was like, oh, shit. Like, he, he was good. And yeah. he's only going to get better with more ice time too. Would you say he only played, what, like 17 minutes last night? 18? He played He played the third most of anybody. I believe he played just over 18. Yeah. But for Sam Gerard, that's low. Yeah. Right? Sam Gerard's usually a 20-minute, 21-minute-a-game guy. And he's going to get back up there. He will. And it's just Adam, there's more danger to it. I think it was Evan who tweeted something out about Gerard, how he just got the puck out of the zone. It led like 45 seconds of cycling the puck for the abs. And we were missing that. Like nothing against the defensemen that were playing, but they aren't Samuel Gerard when it comes to getting the puck out of the zone. 
I mean, he, he is a great puck moving defenseman. He's a solid defenseman and he's going to contribute offensively. Um, so having him back, I think is just such, such a big benefit. Um, he's, he's not the game breaker that Bo Byram is, but he is goddamn responsible and he's he a is, really good. And the thing about that is he's just a tier beneath that. Because yeah. By- Byram has that ability to be the kind of defenseman that changes a game much like Kale McCarr. Sam Gerrard's a perfect compliment to isn't isn't it just hilarious that Sam Gerrard's potentially four on the depth chart on yeah. this team? And you could see we're just, talking top pair on majority of other teams. Yeah. And it's like you were saying, you could see now that he's back and healthy. It's amazing what a healed back will do for you. I mean, yeah. you do we do not appreciate our backs enough and just how much of our back is involved in our everyday movement. Imagine trying to skate and play professional hockey with an injured back. Now that he's healthy, he is skating like silk out there. It is unbelievable. And his puck movement, you could tell they missed him immensely. It's like, it's like you just pointed out with what Evan tweeted. You could see just him getting that puck and it's cycling around for a good 45 seconds, full zone control. You can't understate just how much this team needed him back. And, how, and they were still doing just fine without him but now we're just even better with him we're even better with him and it's it's a very scary thought for the rest of the nhl to think that the abs in a week or two are going to have eight capable nhl defensemen like they're they're going to be loaded because ryan murray's skating again and before he went out he was playing the best hockey he played all year um you have eric johnson who was scratched for this game for health reasons um, I think we both were a little confused by the wording there because it's, I think it's pretty well known that like Eric Johnson's been good this year, but he's, he's not been as good as Jack Johnson. So he's kind of the odd man out. Um, but you're going to have eight capable NHL defensemen, which is going to pay dividends for hopefully a deep playoff run. Yeah. There's no such thing as too much depth, especially in the yeah. postseason where there's no salary cap and you can just carry all of these guys. And the thing with Eric Johnson is we all kind of expected him to be scratched coming into this game. But what I didn't expect was the reason why, because it seemed like they were kind of giving him a maintenance game. Like he's been a little banged up lately. That sounds to me like the plan is for Eric Johnson to play when this team is healthy. So, but it's also confusing because Jack Johnson, before Gerard came back, what had the third most minutes of anybody on the team, and even in this game, leads the team in shorthanded time on ice, was out there against McDryseidel in overtime when they were shorthanded for pretty much the entire penalty kill. I mean, maybe it's maybe there's not just one solution. Maybe you alternate all of them depending on the situation and just because you can. Also, I wanted to go back to just other teams being terrified of this defense because after the Winnipeg game, Bednar put a quote out there saying he was considering putting Byram with McCarr just to yeah. see if he can generate a little more offense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, man. Devon Taves is going to be a second pair defenseman here next year. Like that's, that's the truth, man. And it's, it's going to be fun, man. And I, Byram's only going to get better. I pray to God, he just stays healthy, but he looks good. He's and good. So he's good. He's going to be a really good NHL defenseman. And 
we need to enjoy it because after Taves' contract is up, we'll see. I mean, we got two more years with Devon, and we got, I think, two more years of Byram on his rookie deal, I think, after this year. So it's going to be an interesting two years. One year. after this? Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see what the abs do um, because right now it's loaded, but in two years you're going to come up to a tough decision because – Obviously, Devon Taves is going to get paid by whatever team pays him. Um, so we're going to enjoy these two years of having our decor locked up for a while. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, Byram and Makar, they played together a little bit yesterday, too. It's it's not fair because you're talking about basically two forwards at that point because they're just that good offensively. So <laughs> I – I appreciate the fact that they're just mixing up everyone. Like I don't think a D pair stayed together for most of the game the entire time. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bednar's Bednar's just experimenting right now. He's a, he's a mad scientist. Cause again, we have a, what do we have? Like a 16 point lead over yeah. Calgary at the moment, or if it's not 15, it's very, very close to that. You can do whatever you want right now. And you, you can throw Byram up there with McCarr just to see if they work and if that's something that is viable in the playoffs. Because you got to have all your bases covered in the playoffs. Yep. You want to talk about a team covering all of their bases before the playoffs and just making sure anything that could possibly be a problem is getting figured out immediately. I mean, we're probably just going to see it for the rest of the season just because we can. Yeah, we can. it's where this team's at right now that they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Um, And I, I've really been impressed with Josh Manson. I, they threw him out there a couple times with Byram, a couple times with Taves. Um, I I think he more than likely slots into the third pair when the playoffs roll around. And then you can kind of throw whoever you want out there with him. Um, He's been good. I thought Jack Johnson played well last night. Um, and like, like you said, man, this decor is only going to get better too. Cause Ryan Murray's going to come in and push them to be even better. Cause you got eight guys fighting for six spots. Like they're all going to bring out the best in each other at this point. Yeah. I mean, just how many times can we have this conversation about the decor and how good it is, how good it was when you were missing two <laughs> incredible <laughs> contributors to this defense in Byram and Gerard, you're technically still missing Murray and who knows where he's going to slot in. When he comes back, just do you go eleven forward seven D? I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You can do whatever you want. You can try it for the rest of the season and see if you can play Eric Johnson and Jack Johnson at the same time, and maybe take Abe Kubel out of the lineup, who alone has been fine himself. Yeah. Like, no matter how you slice it, you're taking a valuable contributor out of the lineup. No matter what you do, it's it's not a bad thing. We have that much depth because we're talking about Nazem Kadri skating again, Landy. There's still really no update. I, I still think that it's more than likely that last week of the regular season, maybe when he plays, um, but you're adding Kadri back, you're adding Landy back. That's two more forwards that have to go out of the lineup. And like you just said, Knack hasn't played bad. I wouldn't say he's played bad enough to take him out of the lineup. Um, but you're talking you're going to have to take out a Cogliano, a Sturm, or someone like that to get Landy back in. Like, it's 
it's going to be a disgusting forward group when everyone's healthy. And the same thing that just happened with the decor, you have this depth that when injuries inevitably happen in the playoffs, you'll have guys that you trust and have played a lot this year. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious. Abe Bell is going to be one of those guys that does eventually get, even though he scored again against the jets, he's now had two goals in the last four games. Uh, Outside of them, I mean, Cogliano and Sturm end up playing around the same minutes. Darren Helm plays a little more than they do as well. So you can't even really look at the time on ice to decide any of this. I mean, even against the Oilers, Abe Cubell ended up playing more than Cogliano. So maybe it ends up being Abe Cubell and Cogliano as the odd guys out. I mean, I think much I like, the, like what Cogliano's brought, man. And, and that's the thing. That's a really tough guy to take out of the yeah. lineup because he has really fit in on that fourth line i mean that fourth line is just a bunch of pests bothering you every single shift i don't i don't envy bednar right now in the decisions that he has to make or maybe he doesn't have to make any and he just keeps cycling people in and people just people just fight for their jobs until they leave no doubt as to who's going to be the guys playing in the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised if we see a mixture of lineups in the first like like the like depending on the matchup that night who who's going to get lined up because you've got your top nine guaranteed after that the fourth line it could really you could throw anyone out there and i think they'd work so um i agree i do not envy jerry bednar because he's gonna have to take a very good player out of the lineup uh and we'll see how it goes but god damn you would have told me this conversation a month ago that we were talking we have to scratch two forwards and it's gonna be a struggle to figure out who we're gonna scratch when these guys come back healthy, I would have told you you were fucking crazy. Yeah, completely agree. And I just, what else can you even say about this team? Sometimes it's, it's that point in the season and we're winning games that we shouldn't be winning and don't even care if we win or lose, they'd have absolutely no implications on us whatsoever. Just nope. Oh, before you go, Griffin, I, I just want you, I don't know if you're watching the game while we're recording. Um, the mighty Mark andre Fleury has allowed three goals on five shots, and the Kings really? are winning 3 nothing in the first period against the mighty Minnesota Wild. Really? I've, uh, I've been watching the Penguins play the Predators, but holy yeah. shit. Three goals on, they have a five-on-five goal the Kings do, a shorthanded goal, and a power play goal, and they are up 3 nothing on the mighty Wild. <laughs> but, but do the Avalanche need... Mark Andre Fleury for the. I still think we do, man. I still think I can't. I can't believe that conversation went as long (laughs) as it did. I can't believe it because it never Uh, made a lick of sense whatsoever. uh, Darcy Kemper, I trust more than any goalie right now. Yeah, I do too. All even Shosturkin, I'll say that too because Kemper has playoff experience and Shosturkin doesn't. Shosturkin, I think he played in the play-in tournament, didn't he? Or was he he played in the play-in? I mean, but even then, I think he played like one. I think he played one there one. too because I know Lundquist started that series yeah. against Carolina. I mean, Kemp, I mean, Kemper freaking beat us before in the playoffs in yep. Minnesota, and we've played him again in Arizona. And he played um, against two, I forget who the Wild played with him in there too, but he's he's been in the playoffs before and has been pretty good every yeah. time he played. There's he's- nothing to say about Tarsi Kemper and his ability to carry this team to a final in the yeah. playoffs. I and- agree. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. I'm I, I, we just need to get there at this point. Like there is a lot of fun stuff uh, going on in the NHL these next couple of weeks. I don't know if it really involves the abs because the abs are just so far ahead. They don't. And I really don't think they care about the president's trophy. Um, 
but the rest of the playoff races across the league are just going to be barn burners till the end. Um, I guess before we get to that, we should recap the Winnipeg game. We can do that. We we can't forget about that. Then we'll talk about playoffs. Um, The Winnipeg game. I, I mean, we won. McKinnon scored. Uh, McKinnon's going to get 30 goals now. He had, I think they said he had 11 shots on goal in this game. Yes, McKinnon loves the Jets. Loves the Jets. I mean, he broke the franchise record for shots the last time we played them, I think it was. And he has 11 in this game against them again. He's killing them. Um, So he's at 26 goals now. I I, I should have bet that he was going to hit 30 goals because, goddamn, I probably would have made some money when he was only at two. Um, He was a man in that game. Uh, who else scored? Berkey scored. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. The Abe Cubell goal, Berkey, EJ, McKinnon, and obviously Kale McCarr, OT winner. Yeah. Um, that game was really great until the last two minutes for the Avs. Um, yeah, I mean, for the whole game, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about the first per- portions of the game. You had the Abe Cubell goal. They kind of took the Gas off the pedal for the rest of the first period. They're down two to one off of Shifley and Ehlers goal. Francois plays fine in this game. You get Berkey with a nasty snipe to get him back on the board. He hits 20 on the season. Just, just on Berkey for a second. He works better when everyone forgets he exists. And I think having him on the third line is going to be perfect for the playoffs and playing him with new hook, but he was great in this game against the jets, obviously gets that goal patented Berkey snipe. And then, Eric Johnson, a game before he gets scratched, buries this one to give us the lead. And Alex Newhook, again, setting the whole thing up. Nico Sturm getting a point as well. And Nathan McKinnon giving us the 4-2 lead before where we are right now. Shifley gets one back late in the third. And then Miko Rantanen taking one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Like, oh, yeah. just a horrible, like, what are you even trying to do there, man? And I want it to be known. I was at a event for my buddy, Steve Steger at the DMVR bar. I had had a few too many avalanche ales. Um, I did not think that was a penalty when I first saw it on Mika. And then I came home, drank a couple of glasses of water. And I was like, Oh yeah, that was, that was bad. (laughs) I think I tweeted out like, like that's not a penalty. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I came back and I was like, Oh yeah, that looks bad. That was a pretty bad, bad penalty for Mika right there. Um, But that last two minutes for the abs in that game was probably the most unfortunate two minutes in abs hockey in the past two weeks. Yeah. I, I, don't even, I didn't even think they played bad in those two minutes. Like obviously it went terribly because the jets ended up tying the game with 16 seconds left and the penalty kill, like you can't even put it on anyone other than Miko. Like just what are, what are you doing right there? And then Devontae's takes a shot like right to the leg, looks like he's hurt. And then all of a sudden it turns, in, it turns into a six on three. If the Jets don't yeah. score on that, they're not a professional team. So yeah. of course they come down to tie it. Now it's tied. Taze is limping off the ice. I, I blamed nobody but Rantanen right there. Just a horrible penalty to take. The penalty kill did everything they could. And again, desperate Jets team that if they win this game, they're not quite dead yet. But they didn't. But they did. <laughs> Tail McCarr is the best yeah. defenseman in the league and buried them on a power play to end the game. Rantanen gets the primary assist and kind of kind of makes up for it. It doesn't hurt us. It doesn't matter. 
I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even concerned that we blew a lead. I mean, that, that shit just happens sometimes. And also the wild did it at the exact same time to the blues in a game that actually had massive implications. They blew a three, one lead in the third period and lost that game in OT. So not concerned about that whatsoever. I didn't even think they played poorly in the final no. few minutes. Like it wasn't the Islanders game from a month ago where they just stopped playing. They were clearly trying. The Jets were desperate. They got two, and it was a six on three. What do you want? It, it was it was a very unfortunate end to that game because it was it was a great game for the Abs, and it was funny. I think Rudo tweeted something out about how like the how nice is it to know that the Abs don't blow leads and then the Jets score like two after that. And I was like, that's that's a tough tweet. Um, cause yeah, I've just, like, just don't ever tweet stuff. Like if we get to the playoffs and anyone says anything, wow, I feel so secure with this lead. I'm going to dox them. Yeah. You get blocked automatic block from the tell that this podcast Twitter. Um, but it, they ended up winning the game. It's all that really matters. Winnipeg's dead now. Like they're dead. Yeah, they're done. They're, they, they have no shot. They're done. They're dead. And that's crazy with how much talent they have. Cause you, I was watching them and like, the team has talent there. I don't know what's gone wrong for them this year. Um, but, yeah, that's a tough, tough way to have your season end. I mean, and they had lost to Detroit before that, too, so it's not like they were yeah. coming yeah. in hot. Yeah, so, the, the coffin was already there. We just put the nail in it. Yep. Yeah. so they're dead. Um, and the Avs, I think that we got one more against them. Yeah, towards yeah. towards the end of the season in the very last week, we're okay. on the road to play the Jets again. It's funny, it's just not a back-to-back, but reverse order Edmonton, Winnipeg again. They're our fourth to last game of the season. That's kind of funny. If you look at the Central, just to go to the abs here, they could potentially sweep or win the season series with every single team. Oh, I guess not Dallas. I was going to say it would have been hilarious if the one season series we lost in the Central was to the Coyotes. That would have been funny. Yeah. That would have been hilarious, but... Uh, Never mind. Scratch that. Um, so yeah, the abs, the abs are rock and rolling. Jets are dead. Um, and now we can move on to the exciting playoff race. That's going to be these last three weeks, which everyone thought was going to be boring and it was just going to be two spots up. Uh, no, the West has now both wild cards in play. The East has it's eight teams decided, but seating is going to be interesting. Um, but for the Avs, there, there's we have no idea who we're playing. No, zero idea. It's gotten less clear over the last yeah. week because I, if you asked me last week who we're playing, I'd say I'm fairly certain we're going to end up playing Dallas in the first round. Dallas has not been good lately, and now all of a sudden, Nashville they have a really tough schedule to end the season, and they're only two points ahead of Dallas. Vancouver has clawed their way back into this, and Vegas has been playing really well, and LA. I would not have thought about them as a potential matchup a couple weeks ago. They're more likely than we think, especially if Vegas plays well down the stretch and takes that third spot. LA has a very cushy schedule that they could still, they could still stay in this. There's a, there's a lot to be decided in the West. And of course it involves us where we're just going to have no clue what's going on. I think until the last day of the season. Yeah, we are going to have zero idea what's going on. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Because um, LA's up 3 nothing now. They're looking pretty good. That will give them a four-point lead on. Uh, that's a huge thing for them. If they yeah. beat Minnesota, that's huge for them. Because when we play them on Wednesday, that is their final game against a playoff team for the rest of the season. If they beat Minnesota, even if we crush them, if they beat Minnesota, I think they're fine. I think yeah, that, I agree. that in all but gives them every advantage they need in that race. Yeah. And because even if Vegas still plays really well down the stretch, LA still has the two points right now on them. And I think the best team they play for the rest of the season is Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, Edmund, Anaheim struggling. Minnesota just scored, by the way. Kaprizov just scored. Yeah, of course. So we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But regardless, yeah. if they hold on to that lead, that's massive for them. Yeah. They need to win this game. Um, if they play 500 hockey down the stretch, they should be okay to make the playoffs. I don't know if that keeps them in a top three position in the Pacific, but that should get them into the playoffs. Um, you mentioned Nashville. I think that'd be an interesting matchup for the abs. Uh, Nashville is good. Like I, I don't think they're great, but I think they're decent enough to give the abs a little bit of a, a little bit of a fight. I think that's probably a six game series. I would Just think, because. I mean, it, it depends on Soros and how good he, cause he's out for this game against Pittsburgh. So who knows what his status is right now? Well, it was second half of back-to-back. That's why he's rested. They played yesterday against Florida. And uh, well, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. I just got, a, I got a notification because Soros saw my fantasy team saying that he's out. So oh I, yeah, yeah. It was second half of a back-to-back. That's why he's Cause they out. told me he went from healthy to out. So I assumed he was hurt, but regardless, no. regardless, uh, Nashville is interesting because of Soros. I also want it just because I want to dunk on Roman Yossi for five <laughs> straight games with all this nonsense Norris talk for him. I mean, if you, if you follow us on Twitter, you can see that it's really not close between Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi for the Norris. If I can get off topic for a second here on this, the second you look outside of assists for the Norris, Kale McCarr dominates every other category. I mean, not, I'm not even just talking about goals. I'm talking you do a second of research. Kale McCarr has the advantage in every category. If I can look up what I tweeted before we started this episode. While you, you're looking it up, Minnesota just scored again. It's 3-2. Okay, so we might have gotten a little ahead of ourselves there. But <laughs> we got a little ahead of ourselves. A little ahead of ourselves. But if you go, yeah. on, if you go on natural stat trick and directly compare these the two of them on, on ice, all scores rates, McCarr dunks on him in like all but three out of like the 30 stats on here. And the ones he hasn't, 
The ones he hasn't, one of them is luck, PDO. Roman Yossi has a higher PDO than Kale McCarr. So he's getting luckier. And Kale McCarr still leads in just about every category. Not except, assists. Except, except, uh, except assists. So pe- yeah. of course, people are going to lose their mind about that. I'm going to be point a point total. It's the only thing that matters for the North. I'm going to be pissed if they rob him of a second straight Norris because of points. Because let's face it, last year he was the best defenseman in the NHL, but he missed 14, 15 games in a shortened season. And apparently that disqualifies you. So Adam Fox won it by default. That could, it was by default. If Kale McCarr plays all his games, he wins the Norris. That simple. And this time, Kale McCarr has been the best defenseman all season long, not just for the last month when Roman Yossi had a granted historic month and has been excellent. Kale McCarr has been better for longer. And Roman Yossi might hit 100 points. You know, good on him. Kale McCarr might hit 30 goals. You, we can go back and forth all day as to what's more impressive. But at the end of the day, I'm not looking at either of those stats because Kale McCarr dominates all of the other ones. It's really not even that close. And I'm, I'll say this. I'm more willing to entertain Roman Yossi for the heart than I am for the Norris because people are talking about like, well, if Roman Yossi is not on the Predators, they don't make the playoffs. In fact, they're probably not even close. That's a fair argument for a completely different trophy because that's not what the Norris is. The Norris is for the best defenseman, not the most valuable one. I'd be willing to put Roman Yossi over Makar on a heart ballot. Sure. Because obviously the abs have so many great players that if you take Makar off, they're not as good. Are they still a playoff team? Absolutely. Take Yossi off the Predators. Are they a playoff team? Probably not. But in terms of who's better, Kale's better. So that, that's what I have to say about that. I've been holding that in on the, I've been ranting about it on Twitter I haven't ranted about it on the show yet. I guarantee I'm not done with it, but that's just, that's the baseline of it. I, I think you should just prepare yourself for him to finish. Oh, I'm, I'm totally ready for it. I'm, I know it's going to happen. If Roman Yossi gets more points, which he will, he'll win the Norris. That's how Norris voting works. The voters are lazy. They don't actually do research. They look at points and be like, wow, he scored a ton of points. Clearly best defenseman. Dumb. It happens every year. I agree. So it, it, it's going to be, we're going to get preemptively mad and we'll, we'll go on a full tirade in the off season. But if we win the Stanley cup and Kale McCarr doesn't win the Norris, I'm okay. And that's I'm how okay. this rant started because I, yeah. I kind of do want to play Nashville so that we can dunk on Roman Yossi for an entire playoff series and Kale McCarr just make, make no mistake about it. This is the best defenseman in the NHL. Here's a best of seven playoff series to prove it, but enjoy your Norris Roman. I, I think Kale McCarr would have it that way too. So, and if that, and if that's the trade-off, if Roman Yossi wins the Norris and that happens and the abs go on to win the Stanley cup, fine. I'll take yeah. that every like, single time. Like Kale McCarr win the Conn Smythe and the, uh, and the Stanley cup. I'll be cool yeah. with that. But enjoy I'll your consolation that. prize, Nashville. So I, I think Nashville would be an interesting matchup. I think of the teams outside. I've, I really don't think we're going to face Vegas. I think Vegas is either going to get the number one wildcard spot or finish third in the Pacific. I mean, I would, I would think so too, but Nashville's not going to get into the top three of the central. They're going to stay probably in that wild card race. And there, there are, they are still down there. Mainly the main concern I have is I just don't want to play Vegas round round one. That's where this whole discussion centers around for me. And I agree that I think Nashville's going to get that top wild card spot or Vegas is going to get that top wild card spot, but 
I just, I just don't know if LA wins this game against Minnesota, which looking looked at a lot better game, 10 minutes ago, look, look, looked a lot better 10 minutes ago. They have a super cushy schedule. If they go 750 the rest of the way, it's going to be tough for Vegas to catch them. And that leaves the wild card spots. I don't think Dallas is going to make it. They've been not good lately. Yeah. And... I, I think my three, if I had to guess, it's LA, Vegas, Nashville. Those are my guess for the top three. Yeah. And I, that's how I kind of want it to go. I want, I don't want to play Vegas, obviously. I kind of want to play Nashville just because I think it would be funny. I'd be fine with Dallas too. And I don't know. It's just going to be a really interesting race the rest of the way. Cause LA schedule throws all of this in turmoil. Yeah. Cause to me, they're the worst team out of the bunch. And if they had a harder schedule, I'd absolutely have them out. But the fact that after they play us, they only have, they don't have any playoff teams left on their schedule makes this really interesting. So I have, I'm not counting out anyone here yet. And I, th- I think Vegas is absolutely going to make it in They're They're too good to miss now that Pacioretty's back. Leonard's back and playing consistently. They have Alec Martinez back. Really the only thing they're missing is Riley Smith and Mark Stone. If I'm Mark Stone right. skating again, miraculously, you wouldn't Mirac- believe it. Miraculously skating again, and we'll be fine for game one of the playoffs, shockingly. I'm sure Riley Smith will be too. Yeah. And I just don't know. It's like it's like how we started this whole conversation. There is no clarity on any of it. If you look at the percentages, like if you look at uh, Dom LeCision's projections, 38% for us to play Dallas round one, 35% for Nashville, 13% for Vegas. If you go to, to Hockey Viz by Micah Blake McCurdy, uh, 46% for Dallas right now, 22 for Nashville, 14 for Vegas, and 11 for LA. And if you go to playoffstatus.com, which is what I've been using for most of the season before really any playoff prediction stats came out, 44 for the Stars, 30 for the Predators. And this, this is interesting. Kings and Golden Knights tied at 10%, which I think is- Makes sense because they have the same amount of games played and only two points back. Yeah. We've, so we've, talked about this with, we've talked about this with Vegas. Either win all your games or lose all of them. I, I cannot have them go 500 and backdoor their way into the eighth seed. I just can't have that. So <clears throat> Vegas has a very interesting week this week. They got Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. Yeah, we're, we're going to find out a lot about what Vegas is this week because they've been on a nice little run lately. Their most impressive win is Nashville. This was after they lost 3 nothing to Minnesota and 4 nothing to Vegas. Since then, they've gone 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, and 7 out of their last 7. 6 out of their last 7, I can't talk. But those okay. wins, I mean, they beat Nashville 6-1, to which was impressive. They came back down 4 nothing to Chicago. Then they rattled off two easy wins against Seattle. OT win against Vancouver. Then lost to Vancouver and just beat up on the poor coyotes that are just hapless and have nothing left. No yeah. Keller, no Chikrin. They are one of the worst teams I've ever seen. And it's not even their fault anymore. Then they play Vancouver again on Tuesday for the final time, huge game, then Calgary, then Edmonton all on the road where they've struggled this year. Yeah. And historically they've struggled in Calgary. Edmonton, outside of losing to us in a shootout, had just won nine straight home games. They could realistically go 0-3, but they could, they could. also go 3-0. and 
Yep. So we're going to find out a lot about what Vegas is here. I think if they win all three of these games, I don't think we have to worry about them. They're going to take that. They're going to take over that three seed and play the Oilers in the first round. If they go like one, one and one, then I, I think that, that would I be the worst case scenario. Worst case That's scenario worst case. is they go 500 and then they just slowly start to backdoor their way into that third spot. Cause the most interesting matchup for the rest of the season for me out of anyone is Vegas Dallas on like the third last day of the season. And yeah. Dallas has looked very vulnerable lately. They blew, very that, they blew that game to the devil. I can't believe they lost that game to New Jersey the other night. And they barely beaten some bad teams lately. They took the Leafs to OT, which was important, but they also lost a huge game to Seattle they have Chicago later today as we're recording this in like an hour. So we'll know the result by the time this one's up. But that's if they Tampa. lose this, they're done. If yeah. they lose to Chicago tonight, they're done. Yeah, because then they have Tampa Bay and Minnesota in two straight games. San Jose and then huge stretch. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Seattle, and then Vegas. Stars control their own destiny, but they have not played well enough for me to have any confidence in them. 100% agree. So I, any team outside of Vegas in the first round, I feel great about Vegas in the first round. I still think we can, I still think we beat them. We absolutely beat Vegas in round one, but it's fucking ridiculous if we have a historic season and then play the team in round one that we said is the only team that could beat us when we started this season. Yeah. That'd That'd be a little unfair. We beat them. Like make no mistake. We win that series, but, but, for Could Vegas you imagine the letdown? A, right. <laughs> for Vegas to be an eight seed and then finally be healthy for the first time all season in game one, that's a joke. That's like, yeah. we'd win the series, but come on. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be. I would, that'd be my worst case scenario. Because um, like, we're talking about a team that was supposed to be in the conference final. Like we're talking about Vegas and Colorado, the two best teams in the West. That needs to be a conference finals matchup. Like that shouldn't be not be a first round matchup. Right. Yeah, it's um, like the hockey gods heard my complaint. Like, well, Vegas, Colorado last year that would have been a conference final, so we wouldn't have been talking about the second round. So you know, the monkey Paul curls round one. Round one, round ones when you got to face them. So I, I just don't want that. Every other team, I think we beat in five or six games. Every other team. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm watching. I'm watching Minnesota today, and I'm like, okay, like they're good, but I don't think they have as much of a chance as we think they do. Incredibly. St. Louis has been playing better. Like St. Louis has been better, but I still don't trust their goaltending or their defense. Um, also like precautionary tale for handing out goaltender contracts. Jordan Bennington's on the first year of a six year deal worth $6 million. Uh, and he is struggling to stay in the NHL. Yeah. And he um, is already the backup to Billy. So. so I would not be surprised if Jordan Bennington gets traded to like Arizona for like a first round pick, like St. Louis has to send Arizona first round pick to take him. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that's bad for them. St. Louis, but St. Louis is a good team. I, I, I still think the abs beat them in a six game series, maybe seven. They're better maybe. than they were last year. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at their, their recent stretch, they're on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game point streak, only an OT loss to Edmonton sprinkled in there. They had that big comeback win against Minnesota. They're down 3-1 in the third, come back and win it. 
and they destroyed the Islanders six to one yesterday. Their schedule isn't that bad to end the season. They have two games against Boston and Stanley cup final rematch Buffalo, their last game against Minnesota, who they're going to play in round one. The blues have won both of those games. That was the winter classic. And obviously the one a couple days ago, Nashville, and then they have uh, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, and then they finish with us in Vegas. I mean, the, the Vegas game could end up being pretty interesting, but th- their schedule is pretty average, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting from the Avs' perspective because I could really honestly care less about these last 10 games for the Avs. Yeah. Like, just stay healthy. That's all I care about. I just want to know who we're playing in the first round. Yeah. The, like, our the magic most- number to clinch the division is three games. Yeah. Like, we we're going to clinch it we hopefully get- next week. If we get six points, we clinch, and that's not even considering Minnesota losing to L.A. today yeah. if they lose it all. If Minnesota loses, that number goes down. Or I guess it's St. Louis now. But I don't We have played the same amount of games as St. Louis. Yeah. So, so regardless, if we get six points, we lock up the Central, and then we'll clinch the West shortly after that too. Yeah. So, so that's most- all I care about in these last 10 games for the Avs is no one get hurt. The guys who are hurt come back, get their legs under them, shake off some of the rust. And we just get to the playoffs and I just want to know who we're playing. That's going to be the interest for me is who we are playing in the first round. Um, yeah, because the most, the most interesting thing with the abs has nothing to do with them right now. Yeah, exactly. It has nothing to do with them. And I, I think before we wrap up the show, we should bring up the fact that the abs just tied the franchise record for most wins in the season with 10 games to play. <laughs> like, that's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> and that 2000, 2001 avalanche team had seven hall of famers on it. I think. I mean, we might not be far yeah. off with this current. Yeah. Game. Like what we're talking about, the Avs have a 764 point percentage. They have lost in regulation 14 times. 14 times. Like that's just at what at what point are we cheating? Like this isn't Yeah. Like we go look at it. The Canadians have 20 wins all year. 20 wins all year and we have 14 losses. Like that yeah, is we- we have 20 losses, including OT losses. Yeah. Like this team is just so good. Plus 77 goal differential. I mean, the only team better than us is Florida at plus 88. But I mean, Florida's scoring like six goals a game because they have to because their goaltending is so bad. Um, I just, we got to take a second. Even if the Avs, like, like playoffs aside, this is going to go down as one of the greatest regular seasons in Avalanche history. And it's been, I feel like, pretty quiet. Like last year, they were really good and they kicked the shit out of everyone. This year, they've been good, but they're just finding ways to win. Like every game is just like, oh, we're going to find a new way to win. Uh, it just, it's crazy to think they're going to break the franchise record for most wins. Cause I definitely thought, like, granted, I was only seven years old when they won the last Stanley Cup. Um, that team was one of the best teams in hockey history. And this team is going to go head to head with them and probably beat them in wins. So, Take a step back, touch some grass. This team's really fucking good. And um, I just can't believe that we're almost at the end and we just need to get to the playoffs already. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like I said in February, the, the rest of the season is going to go fast. So, And you can't ever guarantee you're going to have a season like this again. Even if you have the exact same core next year with the – relatively same support group you can't guarantee anything so we've got 10 games left of this regular season and you don't you don't know how the playoffs are gonna go you just don't you never the playoffs you are never know. 
They're cruel and they're unfair. I see no reason why the Avs don't win this year, but maybe it's a reason that doesn't even exist yet. We don't know. So let's enjoy all of this while we're here. There's nothing to stress about at the moment. If the Avs lose their final 10 games and nobody gets injured, that is a massive victory that you carry all the way into the playoffs because nothing else really matters right now other than being healthy because we don't have anything else to play for. So when we get to the playoffs, uh, we'll see how it goes. I have full confidence in this team. I have full confidence in their goaltending. I have full confidence in their stars. I have full confidence now in the depth after the trade deadline and a healthy defense is a big game changer for this team. Byron and Gerard are only going to get better. And we have two or three extra guys just sitting in the press box that we can throw in there for fun. This team has covered all of the bases. Now it's just a waiting game to see who we're going to play in round one. It's going to be an exciting race all the way to the end of the season, but you know, it's, it's going to be gone before we know it. So this, but the, this team is better than last year's team. I'm going to say that right now. On paper, last year's team was better. In practice, this team is a better team. Yeah, agreed. I, I like the pieces more. They may not be scoring as much, but I like this team more than I like last year's team, and I loved last year's team. Last, so, last year's team was just so heads and shoulders above everybody that when you faced a team that was just as head and shoulders above everybody, you just you couldn't. You, there was no answer for them in the playoffs when things got shut down. And now we have had to deal with that plenty of times this season where playoff style games, another one against the Oilers. We've played like 20 of them so far this season, just close games against good teams. It was like 20 of them in the last like month and a half. I know. <laughs> but this, this team's ready for the playoffs. And now we just have to wait. That's yep. it. Everything's there for them. They've, they've suffered the heartbreak. They've gone through the regular season. They've been the best team in the league. It's all there for them to take. And you, I have full faith, like you just said, in every aspect of this team that they are going to pull it out this year. I, this is the most confident I've felt about an Avs team in a long time. This is the most Even confident. Even going into the playoffs last year, when we went up 2-0 on Vegas, I was kind of like, uh-oh. Like, that's – I, I don't know if we win this game, like win this series, because it's yeah. just, I just don't know. And this year, I, every team we could possibly match up with in the West, I feel great about going up. If we this. lose to any team in the Western Conference, I won't know what to say. I'll, yeah. I will come, like, I've, I'm willing to say it because I'm willing to come on this show and be wrong. But the way I feel about it right now is there's no Western Conference team that can beat us, barring in extreme circumstance. Like yeah. the entire barring injuries, barring anything like that. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. There, there's just not the ads will beat themselves in the Western conference playoffs. You know, and I, I can even extend that to the East. There's been a lot of teams in the Eastern conference that I have said that are very good. That have not impressed me lately. The penguins are falling off a cliff as we speak. I think I said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the final. I'd be shocked if they get out of round one. Now Tampa Bay has been bad over the, ever since really March, March yep. 1st, they have not been good. And Carolina just looks okay lately. They're, they've been, they're tied with the Rangers now in yeah, their division. They, they've given up their lead to the Rangers. I mean, the, the it seems like the Rangers and the Leafs are really the most impressive East teams right now. I don't I agree. Like Florida is winning. 
but I just don't think they're going to translate to the playoffs all that well. I, and are you scared of the Leafs and Rangers in a Stanley Cup final? The Leafs more than the Rangers. Ag- agreed. If the Leafs get to the final, that's a scary team. But yeah. they do not have Darcy Kemper. Not even close. Jack Campbell has been okay since December. And when he was hurt, they were down to Shalgren and Morazic, and they were terrible. So, yeah. I, I don't – like, the Leafs just offensively scare me. But other than that, like, I, their defense, I yeah, like their goaltending. And, and that's what I mean. Look at every other team. They are falling. Florida is the only team that keeps winning, and they are doing it because they've had six to two comebacks where they give up six to the Devils yeah. and gave up six to the Leafs in a huge game for them as well. This is the year, man. Yeah. I mean, it is. Toronto's third in the league, and look at how we just talked about them. Yeah, Austin Matthews is great and probably going to score the most goals in a season since Lemieux. But they're vulnerable. And Carolina, they've just been okay. They're 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. The Rangers are hot. But at 5-on-5, five five, they're not that good. Just, no. Chris Kreider's not going to score 25 goals again on the power play or 50 no. goals in a season in general. Right. And in the playoffs, all those power plays are going to go away. I mean, like, this is the year. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. So, and this is the most confident I feel about a team. This is the most confident I felt about a team winning a Stanley Cup, period. Not even just confidence in the abs or the caps. This is the most confident I've been. If they don't win, I'd be fascinated to see how they don't do it. Yeah. Like, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. But, man, we just need to get to it, man. We're going to talk about this for, like, the next, like, two and a half weeks because there's straight up nothing else to talk about for the abs. We're Uh, three weeks away, my man. Playoffs start three weeks. May 2nd. By the time this episode is out, three weeks, 21 days until yeah. the playoffs. We're so you got to deal with us for six more episodes before before the fun begins. Jeez, and next, we'll be, next episode is going to be interesting because there's nothing to talk yeah. about. We'll have the Kings game, which the Kings are playing the second half of a back-to-back. They could be just get their faces beat in. Yeah, But we'll have a good time either way. So, um, but yeah. I, I got nothing else. Darcy Kemper's the man. Nathan McKinnon's going to score 30. And we just need Landy and Kadri back. Yeah. And I will say that this three-day break we have right now, it's the last break we're going to get until the season's over. And, I mean, until the season is over, whether that's a, a Stanley Cup or a disappointing playoff exit. This is the last time we get to catch our breath because for the rest of the regular season, it is get a back-to-back right away, and then it is – game day off game day off for the rest of the season until the back-to-back to end it then you have at most three days off until the playoffs and those three days off if, it, if the playoffs do start on that tuesday are not going to be fun no. it's going to be tense we're all going to be nervous so enjoy these it's gonna three be three days, days. gonna be three days of hearing about how you failed the past three years right that's all we're gonna hear that's all it's all it's all it can be until we can prove otherwise so all i can say is enjoy this little break catch your breath because we're gonna need it yep we're gonna need it so i got nothing else for this one so we're gonna wrap this one up here we'll figure out something to talk about whether we record half of next episode early because it's a late game against the it's a late game we'll see how that one goes but regardless 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is for in case there's anything going on with the show, you need to move a day, live game updates, anything like that. Always good to just keep in touch with us there. We are, I believe, five followers away from 1,000 at the moment, and we might be doing something fun when we get I've heard there. I've heard rumors that there's going to be something fun if we hit 1,000. Just, just some rumblings, as the insiders would call it. But regardless, sure to follow us there, and we will catch you all next time. Hope you enjoy this little break, and we will see you then. Enjoy the rest of your week.